going to be on the screen uh, from James chapter 5. The reading is taken from uh, James chapter 5, verses 7 to uh, 10. Uh, the passage is entitled, Patience in Suffering. Um, I'm reading from a New International Version. Be patient, then brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophet who spoke in the name of the Lord. Here in reading. Thank you very much, Joe. Okay, in case you haven't noticed, we're going to be talking about patience today, right? I hope you saw the underlines there, and that's part of our series, Godly Patterns for Ordinary People, and uh, last week we talked about making God's strength your strength. Today we're talking about uh, patience, and that's one of the texts that we'll be looking at. Uh, this word that is translated most of the time in modern versions, patient or patience or patiently, there's a Greek word that's kind of fancy. They'll put it on the screen there, makrothumia. Makrothumia is the way that you pronounce it. And I found a wonderful definition of this word uh, back in the language of the New Testament, okay? The New Testament wasn't written in English or French or Swahili. It was written in Greek. And so this is what the word meant back then. To exhibit internal or external control in a difficult circumstance which control could exhibit itself by delaying an action. That is an amazing definition of this word. You can take your phone and take a picture of it if you like, uh, to exhibit internal or external control. In a difficult circumstance, this is a, a word that's used like 25 times in the New Testament, and uh, it's the subject of what we're going to talk about today. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's not exactly uh, a, a quality or a trait that uh, is, you know, preached in culture. It's not something that uh, people, it's kind of, kind of an option, really. And sometimes we meet people who are incredibly patient. But th to be honest, there are a number of foes in the culture, a number of things that oppose the growth of patience uh, in our lives. I want to go through a couple of them with you. Uh, number one, we have a culture here of quick relief, um, and we, we want relief all the time, uh, probably because we can get it. Uh, the, that word patience uh, in older versions of the Bible, especially the King James Version, you're going to find it translated long-suffering. Uh, I like that translation. It's a little more accurate to uh, what the word meant, the idea of enduring in a difficult circumstance and maybe not doing something that you could do to get rid of it. You're waiting patiently for whatever reason. I don't know if you've noticed, but this does not come instinctively for us. We're not instinctively patient people. At least most of us aren't. We would much rather have a quick solution to whatever the problem is, and we don't, you know, if there's an option, we would rather not face it. We would rather not have a time where we have to resist it or face difficulty or anything like that. Imagine, though, if you always had that option. Imagine if you could always find a solution and get a quick a quick remedy, and have quick relief for everything. 
Well, what would happen if you had a moment where it just didn't come? You'd have no idea how to handle it. You would, you would panic. You would, you would lose your mind because there's no exercising of patience uh, that has ever happened. It's sort of like the little child who we always give them what they want instantly whenever they want it. How many of you have kids and you know that that's not a good idea? Right? It's not. I mean, if you just give it to them all the time, anything they want, quick relief, quick answer, Oh boy, you could be raising uh, you could be raising the next monster, right? Because as soon as they don't get what they want, well, wait a minute, I always got it. I always got quick relief. I always had didn't have to endure any kind of problems. Um, I'm not sure if you share the experience or not, but many of you who are Christians in this room, um, uh, and maybe you, you decided to 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 become a Christian, as it were, or to start a relationship with God a little later in your life. You weren't sort of born into Christianity. Maybe your problems got worse when you became a Christian. Uh, I know mine did. Uh, my problems didn't get better. They got worse. <laughs> there was more trouble. There was more problems. It was sort of like, oh no, what have I done? This is a big. This is a big mess. So th- this is a really the idea. Christianity is not meant to be, oh, now I have the ultimate solution to all of my problems. No, it's meant to be, well, you know, with God in your life, you can face those kinds uh, of problems, whether we like it or not, whether we understand it or not. These difficult circumstances that we face can be used by God to to grow this macrothumia, this quality of patience. Uh, James wrote about this, and Joe's read it. That word patience appears four times there in that passage, and he uses the illustration of this farmer uh, who's waiting for the land to yield its crop. And he waits for the autumn and the spring rains, and he, and this is an, an image for us to wait for the coming of the Lord with that same kind of patience. And he talks about the prophets who, who showed patience in the face of suffering. Most of the prophets in the Old Testament uh, went through some pretty difficult times. Uh, today, I don't know why, but we love to throw that title around, and here's prophet so-and-so here and prophet so-and-so there. In the Old Testament, that was not the preferred uh, line of work. They did not, that was a reluctant call uh, to be a prophet in the Old Testament because they knew that they would be, they, that would be a hard life because God would often say things through these prophets that people did not like, uh, but they were very, very patient, like this farmer, for example, who's waiting for those rains to come. We have a culture of very, very quick relief these days. Next, uh, uh, a opposition, if you will, to patience, um, is that we live, in a, again, in an on-demand culture. It's not that we don't want to suffer, it's that, uh, or it is that, but we, we can on-demand get out of it. The whole world now is on-demand. It's, it's normal. Our kids are growing up in an on-demand culture. Um, as fast as they can press the little button on their phone is as fast as, as we can get what we want. And yet we see in the scripture that patience, this macrothumia patience, is supposed to be a quality that's kind of in the fiber of the believer. Just living and working in there, uh, Paul said to his young protege, Timothy, uh, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, and patience. 
apparently is a part of Paul's life. He prays for the Colossians in Colossians 1 that they would be strengthened with all power according to God's might so that they may have great endurance and patience, supposed to be part of their life. Again, to the Colossians, uh, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience, supposed to be part of our lives. But we live in an on-demand world where we can get it instantly. Perhaps now, like never before, the speed at which we can get things done has never been faster. It's as fast as the little devices you have in your hand can go. And those things go pretty fast. I mean, that's electronic speeds you're talking about. Uh, That's how fast we can get things. And uh, we can push the button and poof, it comes. And sometimes it runs so fast, it explodes. Just ask Samsung, right, with the exploding phones, (laughs) the exploding batteries. Incredible the speed at which we can do this. And, and it's normal. It's considered very, very normal. Uh, again, those of you who have kids, it's push the button and where is it? Why isn't it coming out now? And they know that they can get it because that's the way that the culture works. We don't watch television uh, using uh, over-the-air signals anymore. We, most of us barely use cable. Instead, we just stream it. Just press the button and you can get it on demand. And it's moving incredibly fast. Even when we shop, we can shop online now. How many of you shopped uh, for Christmas online and didn't bother going to the store? If you're like me, you don't even bother shopping for Christmas. No, I'm kidding. So, but we can shop online and we can get it delivered to our house with a drone. Like this is reality that, that we now live in, okay? It's that instant. It's that fast. And we see our lack of patience when what happens? These things don't work and they break down and something goes wrong. Uh, this week, we, we were so excited to get this, this whole track thing going outside and trying to set up something where we can get the attention of the people in the corridor a little bit and start talking to them and, you know, giving them stuff, letting them know who we are, this kind of thing. We were so excited. And the the package didn't come. I've ordered from this company like a hundred times and the package did not come. So then what do you do? You check the you check the tracking results on the internet, right? So I checked the check the tracking results and it says your package has been successfully delivered. Well it wasn't successfully delivered. I didn't get it. Right, so the way it works with us, we live in a in the, one of those community mailboxes. You know those things where if you get a package, you take your key for your mailbox and you open your mailbox, and there's a key inside your mailbox, and you take that key out, and then you open another box that has a parcel in it. How many of you live in that reality? <laughs> you didn't look happy when you raised your hand. So, so of course, I didn't get the key. So what do I do? Call Canada Post. At Canada Post, you know, maybe you put the key in the wrong place. He said, well, sir, it says it's successfully delivered. We have to start an investigation. Can you call the sender and have the sender call this and call us and we'll continue the investigation? So I call the sender and I tell the sender and they say, well, the tracking says it's shipped. I said, I know it says that, but it wasn't shipped. I didn't get it. Okay, sir, we'll call you back. They never called me back. I had to call them back and then they just reshipped the whole thing. And then lo and behold, the day after, it comes from Canada Post with all this, you know, black markers all over it and all this stuff scrawled all over it, and lo and behold, it comes, 
right? This is what happens when the thing goes wrong and when the system goes wrong. We start to see our patience or our lack of patience for whatever reason. I have had some bizarre uh, experiences with this where I got to watch people uh, deal with their lack of patience, in particular uh, in traveling and uh, in particular on planes. And it's almost like a running gag uh, for me. Anytime I get on a plane, I know there's going to be trouble. (laughs) So I can remember a number of times, it's been a number of times now, but probably the funniest and most bizarre experience uh, was a few years ago when I was taking a plane back from some pastor's conference in Dallas, Texas. And I can remember uh, even in the morning there getting up in the, in the, the hotel and, uh, you know, anxious to get home. And I had presents for, for my family from Dallas, Texas, you know, these, these cool cow, cowboy boots and all that stuff. was so excited to get home. And it was like, you know, take a shower in the morning in the hotel and the shower is freezing cold. It's ice cold. So I thought, well, you know, that's okay. I can endure that. That's all right. I'm going home, going to be with my family at school. I can take the cold shower. So go downstairs, get ready to check out, go and tell the people at the desk, you know, the shower was cold. They said, oh, sir, we're very sorry for that. Would you like a free smoothie on the house? I said, yes, I would. And so they gave me the smoothie, and I thought, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be a great day. God is just with me. I got my free smoothie and, you know, from that moment forth, it was like God forsook me immediately for the rest of the day. I don't know if you've had days where you felt that way, okay? So we get to the, I get to the airport after they got to Newark, New Jersey, and many of you have heard this happen before if you've flown, and the, 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 the guy, the, the, flight, uh, the, the pilot, that's his name, he gets on the, on the thing before you land, and he says, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, we just want to inform you that due to inclement weather and weather conditions here in the city of Newark that uh, many of the flights are going to be delayed and connecting flights are going to be delayed. You need to go and visit such and such a desk uh, to get information on your connecting flight. Okay, so we hear that all the time. And so we get land there and look out the window and see all the snow and the sleet and all the mess there in Newark. Say, well, okay, fine. You go to the, if it's going to be delayed, it'll be delayed. What's the big up in his conversation that five deal? So I go to the to the desk, you know, when this happens, it said, no, sir, this is a, you know, act of the, the lady, you know, with the microphone is getting ready to make an announcement, and she looks very uptight. And there was also, I noticed some Canada Post, the Canada Post, you know, maybe you put the key in the wrong, red, uh, like just completely, his whole head was red. And I thought, well, there's something going on here. She's going to make an announcement. Let's listen for the announcement. So she gets on the PA system and she says, we regret to inform you that your connecting flight is canceled due to ink in the crowd. But this fellow with the red face, the go pretty fast. I mean, that's electronic explode at this agent. Like he was yelling and screaming and saying things to her that, I mean, the language was, shall we just, oh, this is going to be an interesting day. Believer just living and working in there, a man there, and his face was very, very out of Newark, New Jersey. So it was like, absolutely, thank you very much. And I kind of looked over the top of So, of course, the lady says, go visit the desk at the airline, and we will try and find a solution to you. So, you know, you run over to the desk where, the, where they're going to give you a solution. And I get there, there's 75 people in front of me, all looking very impatient, very, very uptight. 
So, and I, and I get my watch and I'm timing. How long does it take for each person to get served? It's like five minutes per person with all these gates open. Didn't matter. Everybody's upset. Everybody's impatient. You could feel just like the temperature is rising in people and they're getting really impatient. So I said, well, going to sit here and wait in this line and be patient. Well, guess who's in the line, the same line, the guy with the red the red face and the colorful language is there. So we're, I'm watching this whole thing, and you watch people, and they've got their cell phones out. They're trying to buck the system. You know, if they can call the airline, then maybe they don't have to stand in the line. They can buy the ticket that way, you know, or they got their, their laptops out, and they're trying to find a way, and you see people watching each other. It's almost like the amazing race, you know? And so I'm waiting, waiting, finally get to the get to the 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 desk took about two hours standing there in line so get to the desk and the lady looks very very uptight and uh, she says you know sir connecting flight is canceled da, 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 da. but i uh, you however know all about my teach they never called me back i had to call them back and then they just reached I said, okay, you can get me on the flight. I call the sender, and I tell the sender, and they say, well, if the tracking took it all out, I'll get you on standby on this flight, but you have no seat. I said, well, don't you guys, most of us barely use cable. Instead, we can shop online now. How many God and all that, and we don't do that, so do you want the standby or don't you? And I said, well, absolutely. Pastors Conference in Dallas, Texas. And I can see in the scripture that patience, this ma- my, my seat number was XXX, going to take off in a few hours. And I turn around and I thought, okay, this is going to be really interesting. So I turn around to go to yonder gate there where the flight was, you know, you have to wait another couple of hours before that flight. Look, there's 200 people in the line now, and they are upset. And so I go over to the gate and the other gate and uh, show the lady my flight is going to go. And then there's an announcement. They say, this flight is now canceled. You have to go over to the other gate and that's where the flight is. So I go over to get on standby. I said, well, I'll take morning pass. And she says, sir, uh, you know, you have no seat on the flight. So, well, they told me I was going to get on standby. She said, well, your mic's too. The guy with the red hair, my chances, you know, and she was very, very direct. And I went and sat down. Guess who I sat down next to in Newark, New Jersey. And I'm telling you, strange look on people's faces there. And the head and the colorful language. And we got to know the place. They said, well, sir, it says it's successfully. People making calls. I can't make this. I can't do this. Because the people were so impatient and so upset and so angry. You got people lying in a package. You take your key for your mailbox. And we we got to talking, you know, and and, uh, because this thing, you're just looking at the swell of impatience and of anger in people because of all these delays. You know, because usually when you say you're a pastor, the conversation, I was just waiting for the moment where he's going to ask me what I do for a living. I was avoiding that conference. I said, what kind of conference? The world's option ends. So he says, well, wh- wh- where are you coming from? I was, oh, I'm coming from Dallas. He said, well, what were you doing in Dallas? He said, oh, I was at a It's on demand. It's, uh, it's normal. 
uh, our kids are growing up in an on-demand car. A few years ago, when I was taking a plane back from some, you know, these, these cool cow, cowboy boots and all this, we can get what we want. And yet we pastor's conference. He said, a pastor, so you're a man of the cloth, he says. I said, well, yeah, I'm a man of the cloth. You could put it that way. And he said, well, oh, man of the cloth, do you really think we're going to get on this flight? And I said, you know, sir, I believe we are. He said, why do you believe that, man of the cloth? And I said, well, usually when you're patient and you can endure these things for a long time, usually it pays off for you in the end. But the trick is to be patient. And he said, oh, we'll see. So we keep talking. We're talking about all kinds of stuff. I found out more about him. He found out more about me. And we're watching people, having fun watching people. And there's this lady in this plaid skirt who we're, we're, we're watching, how, observing how she's going about this impatience thing. And she's got her, her carry-on with the wheels there. And, you know, she, I just remember this plaid skirt. And she is walking around and around and around and around. And every time she circled the terminal, her face looked more and more upset. It was incredible to watch. And you're like, who's going to explode here? Who's going to pop? Who's going to leave? Like this was, and it was like 500 people in this terminal, and the flights were not moving at all. And hours are passing. You're just nervous there's going to be some kind of a riot or something. And then one flight would get out. They'd make an announcement, and they'd say, such and such a flight is now boarding. And you'd hear this cheer. Uh, in the air, you know, because people were actually getting on a flight, and then very quickly after, it would dissipate, you know, and the impatience level would go up and up, and, and this guy looked at me, he said, you and I are spending the night together in Newark, New Jersey, <laughs> and I said, no, we're not. I said, we're going to get on that plane if we have to sit in the bathroom together. We are going to get on that plane. And he laughed and all this. And we go on and on and on. Uh, and it was just hours and hours of observation of this on-demand culture uh, that we have. Uh, I'll get to the conclusion in a sec. Another foe to the development of patience is a lack of perspective. We have a big problem with that, uh, and we don't realize often how patient God is, uh, and we don't get a big perspective on life. Well, God, he looks at things in a much different perspective uh, than we do. He looks at our lives not the way we do. All of us have a beginning. Uh, we relate to that, but we have no ending. Our, our lives in this world, on this earth, will end uh, but our lives will continue on into eternity, and this is what God sees, and this is what God has on his mind when he looks at people, uh, but it's rarely on our minds. I've got some pictures that I want to show you to illustrate this. Uh, Romans chapter 2, verses 2 to 4. Uh, we know that God's judgment against those who do such things, he's talking about uh, people who do sinful things, is based on truth. So when you, a mere man... Uh, pass judgment on other people and you do the same things do you think you will escape the judgment of god or do you show contempt he says for the riches of god's kindness forbearance and patience the patience god has with us this is a picture uh when aaron and i were in haiti a few years ago you can't really see what that is because of your perspective but that's that looks like just a sea of i don't know it could be could be anything just when you look at it that way. Go to the next slide, and you start to see when you zoom in a little bit that those are all houses, 
all kind of built like matchboxes, one on top of the other, all different colors. And, and then you, you, you go a little bit closer, and you see that there's people who live in those houses. Uh, many of those houses probably were rebuilt after the earthquake uh, that happened. And you see that there are people there, and then when you go even a little further, you can actually see the people, and you can see the lives. And this is what God sees, and he sees each person, and he sees the big picture of a person's life, and he is incredibly patient, waiting for people to turn to him and to make a decision to turn to him. I talked to you about uh, my own experience with my own family, my own father, um, who is in many ways a, a great, great man, and we we did everything we could to expose him uh, to the gospel message. Everything we could. Did he respond? We have no idea. We can only pray uh, that he did. But this is the concern that God has for people, is what are they going to do with my son? What are they going to do as a response to the patience that I give humanity? And this is what God does. And he, he's waiting for people to respond to him. Second Peter chapter 3. Uh, don't forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord. A day is like a thousand years. A thousand years are like a day. Uh, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Instead, he is patient with you. He is patient. He's macrothumia with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Verse 15, the Lord's patience means salvation. So back at the airport in Newark, New Jersey, lo and behold, they say that our flight is boarding. And the way that it works is everybody else goes on, and then the standby folks could be called, or they could not be called. It's all a gamble, and you want to see it. We're, we're looking at the crowd as they go into the plane, and we're looking at others who are on the outskirts, and we're saying, well, how many people are really on standby? You know, is it just us, or is it more people? And, you know, maybe we could pass ourselves off as somebody else and just run in, whatever we could do, you know? And so we're waiting, and he's looking at me. He says, we're not going to get on this flight. And I said, I believe we are. So a few minutes later, they start calling standby people. And guess whose name they call? They call my name. So I turned to him and I said, that's my name. I'm getting on the flight. He said, well, good for you. You know, uh, I guess I'm staying here in Newark. I said, well, we'll see. I hope to see you on the flight. So I get on the flight with my, with my boarding pass. It says XXX. And I end up sitting right in the front. Right in the front of the plane, you know, tucked over in the corner, and the plane is packed. It's full of people, excited, happy people. It's like midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. It's the last flight that's going out of Newark. Everybody's excited after all that wait. You know, we finally got on. And lo and behold, guess who gets on? He's one of the last passengers to get on, the guy with the red face. So he's got a big smile on his face when he comes in. And I said, I told you. And he starts laughing. He sat right at the back. So I was at the front. He's right at the back. Now, he was really smart. I don't think he had any checked bags. Uh, all my bags were checked. That was going to be a problem. Can I just give you a tip? Do not travel ever with checked bags. Just a tip for you. You can do it. I've talked to missionaries who have taken journeys for months and they do not travel with check bags. And you know what they say to me? They say, excuse me, but where you're going, can they wash clothes? I said, well, yes. So if they can wash clothes, why are you packing so many clothes? Just pack clothes and wash them with the, with the civilization where you're going. 
That way you don't have to depend on a, ca- on a, on a check bag. Like travel light. And I was taught by missionaries how to do that even for long, long journeys. Well, I wasn't so smart a few years ago when I went to Dallas. In any case, this fellow, I think, was a lot smarter, so we get on the plane. Then a strange thing happened, very unusual. There was all this scurrying out in the, in the, the area before you got right onto the plane. And we heard all kinds of language like, no, she can't get on the plane, get her off the plane. And we didn't know, like, it was really strange. And we thought, oh, brother, is there something going on with this plane? Is there somebody, some intruder on the plane? What are they talking about? Well, they were talking about the last person who got on, who was a senior lady who had nothing in her hand. She just got onto the plane. She had no carry-on, nothing, and she got on. And they were all saying, get her off the plane. And we're like, what is going on? And so the, the younger flight attendants did not want to do that to this lady, you know, at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. And, but the, there was a much, you know, more strong-willed person, shall we say, who came onto the plane, looked at the woman and said, get off the plane now. And she took the, the senior lady and took her off the plane. And then two other ladies came on the plane. And what happened was the policy is in a case like this, they have to fill the plane, every seat, but families have to travel together. So this senior lady had no family. She got on the plane, but there was still one seat free. So they told her, you get off and these two sisters will come on. And, the, the, you know, and everybody thought, oh, that's so unfair, that's so unfair. But that lasted about 30 seconds because everybody else was happy to get home. I mean, the illustration of, of patience or lack of patience was so, so vivid. And, of course, you, you probably can think of what happened next. I'm saying, God, if only I can get the luggage, the checked bags. It was minus 15 in Montreal. I did not even have a jacket on me. It was all in my checked bags. I'm saying, oh, God, if I can just get those bags. So I get to the thing, get to Pierre Elliott Trudeau, go to the carousel, going round and round. Everybody else gets their bags except about eight people, of which I was one. And we're all looking at each other in frustration and impatience if everything could possibly, that could possibly go wrong was going wrong. And they said, well, you need to go over to this desk and fill out a form. And you fill the form out. We go to the desk, fill out the form, and the, 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 the guy at the desk leaves while everybody's filling out the form. And we're saying, well, why are you leaving? Like, well, just leave the form there. I'll take care of it. I need to go. <laughs> and we say, well, don't we get like a copy of the form? He said, no, you get no copy. So everybody takes their phones out, takes copies of it. Everybody's saying, this is terrible. Look at this system. It's awful. Look at this terrible service. We've been here for 10, 12 hours dealing with this. It's so impatient, impatient. So I get to take the form or the, take my phone, take a picture of the form and get ready to leave the airport. I've got no jacket. It's minus 15 outside. I go through customs. They say, uh, sir, uh, where are your bags? I said, well, they're in Newark, New Jersey. And then, oh, sorry. You know, so, so I leave, take a cab home. Where, where's your jacket, sir? Ugh, it's in Newark, New Jersey. You know, just so impatient. Get home at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, went to bed. And then, of course, the next day I'm on a mission, you know, to get my bags. I'm going to stick it to the airline. I'm going to get those bags and I'm going to win the day. 
right? And you call, call the airline. They put you this one, this one, this one. You get no answers. Here, here's a number, sir. Maybe it'll come today. We don't know, sir. No answers, nothing. So I told my wife, I said, I'm getting in the car. I'm going to the airport, and I will get my bags. She said, how do you know the bags are even there? I said, my bags are there. I will get my bags. So <laughs> go to the airport, and of course, you're running around the airport. You don't know where to go. Ask this one. Go over here. Ask this one. Go over there. Parts of the airport look like a ghost town. Nobody to help you. All this stuff, 45 minutes. And finally, I get to the room, and I look, and my bag is there. And what did I do? I opened the bag quickly. To make sure that the stuff is actually in it. You know, I thought, oh no, somebody must have opened the bag. Must be robbed. The cowboy boots must be gone. Everything that could have gone wrong must be wrong. They can't be there. I opened the bag. Everything is there. I was so excited, so happy. Got in the car, drove home and said, I am so impatient. Two days of inconvenience. And I was able to observe, even in my own, my own heart and looking at people, wow, are we ever an impatient culture, very impatient. We have these foes, you know, lack of perspective and, and uh, on demand and quick, quick relief. Let me give you three, three tips, really simple. You're going to be quite surprised by them, uh, how to make God's patience your patience. Number one. Do not pray for it. Don't pray for it. You never see a clear-cut example in the Scripture, at least to my, my knowledge and observation, uh, a clear-cut example of someone praying specifically to have more patience. Even the text we read to the, uh, uh, we, we looked at before, Paul writing to the Colossians, he's praying that they would be strengthened with all power so that they may have patience. He's not praying specifically that they may have patience, but that they may have power that would result in patience. Um, here's what happens when you pray for patience, because some of you have tried this already. You get more impatient, don't you? You pray for it, and you realize, man, I, I better stop praying for it, because the more I pray for it, the more impatient I'm getting. And this is because God is showing you how impatient you are. And he's trying to get your attention to show you that. It's not the answer, but you can pray for it all you like, but you're going to discover how impatient you are by doing that. So don't pray for it. Wait for it. Don't pray for it. Wait for it. Say, well, that sounds like a contradiction. How do you wait for patience? How can you wait for patience? Well, you can't get patience on demand. I mean, if, you're, if, you, if you pray for it and you ask God for patience, you, it's like you're saying, I want patience now. And patience is not a quality that grows now. It's a quality that grows over time. Patience, you will see listed as one of the fruit of the Spirit. How long does it take to grow fruit? Do you press a button for fruit to grow? No, it takes a while. There's a process for you to be able to grow fruit in, a, in the natural world. It is never something, patience, that you can get on demand. You have to wait for it. In other words, over time, patience develops. And you've got to wait and watch as patience develops in your life. Um, that wasn't the first experience bizarre that I had on a plane. 
I've had multiple bizarre experiences since, but with every bizarre experience, I find that I'm a little bit more patient. I look at others and I wonder, you know, wonder what's going on. But I say, oh, I've been there before. I, you know, I've been there. I've seen all that before. And even just recently in November, another pastor's conference, same kind of bizarre stuff happening. And I handled it a lot better. Why? Because it took time for it to develop. And you can't get patience instantly. You've got to wait for it and watch it develop in your own life. How do you do that? Again, not rocket science. Grow your walk with God and watch your patience develop. If you focus on patience, you're not going to get it. If you focus on God and growing your walk with God, you're going to find yourself naturally more patient. It's like fruit. Uh, The fruit of the Spirit is so many characteristics and patience and this takes time to grow and you've got to grow the you know the vine that produces the fruit focus on that vine rather than focusing on the fruit that comes out and you'll see the fruit's going to come naturally this is the way that god works Uh, back to last week we talked about ecclesia you know being together the church being together that helps grow your walk with god uh the bible a steady diet of the bible helps grow your walk with god Talking to God will obviously help grow your walk with God. And when you do that, you're strengthening that vine there. And then the fruit is going to come naturally. Um, Much of God's patience, as we've seen already, is tied to his love for people, his love for lost people. You know that you are getting more and more patient if you see more and more of a burden for lost people in your own heart. If you're, if you're working with people, if you're talking with people, if you've got friends and you've got family, and you see more and more of a softness in your own heart and more of a compassion for them, that they would discover the Jesus who you already know, then you know that patience is increasing in your life. Uh, when God shows patience, it's patience with people that people may be saved. Galatians 5:25. since we live by the Spirit, right, let us keep in step with the Spirit, implying a relationship with God. And when we have that deep walk with God, we see patience develop just naturally, okay? So you can try to pray for it. You're going to be frustrated You should wait for it, and things will get better, and you should improve your walk with God, and you're going to see it uh, really develop in your life. Okay, let's stand.